it is only right for you to pick up your weapons and fight then krishna further goes one step lower he said even if you don't believe in dharma adharma papa punya etc he says if you don't appreciate ethics no problem even from a pure worldly angle from a social angle arjuna you have to fight this war look at yourself who are you what position you are right you are a, you are a, you are such a mighty warrior now if you are going to run away from the battlefield that's all the world will remember so in history you will never be judged nicely people are going to say very bad things about you and you will lose all your name and fame and you know everything that you have accumulated you will be seen very very poorly in the history so he's saying even from a pure laukika angle worldly angle from where you are it is only right for you to <coughs> fight <coughs> so from all the three different approaches he tells arjuna <coughs> excuse me that the right thing for him to do is to fight the war <coughs> then in the 38th shloka <coughs> krishna uh tells arjuna he understands that <coughs> how difficult it is to undertake any kind of <coughs> Uh, unpleasant task so krishna gives a medicine for that as to how one should approach <coughs> such an unpleasant task and he says you should have the attitude of samatvam equanimity samatvam means balance of mind that means not being carried away by any situation in life even in the worst crisis one should have the capacity to remain cool that samatvam is very important because the person's thinking power will be functional even when the mind even when uh, functional when the mind is equanimous when the mind is balanced otherwise when the mind is imbalanced you won't have any understanding of what is right or wrong so krishna emphasizes this capacity to maintain emotional balance as a very very important trait very important virtue that is required this is emotional quotient in krishna's words right and he says this eq is very very important to develop if the eq is not healthy for a person a person will get very easily disturbed and you would have seen many people like that you know they become angry very fast uh, they they lose control very fast uh, they get disturbed very fast and the disturbed person cannot perform well even though however intelligent or uh you know sharp a person may be therefore eq is very very important for human success than iq so krishna says i am not interested in your iq i know what your iq is but now i am interested in your eq he is telling arjuna and in the process he is telling all of us eq in geeta is called samatvam balance stability external environments we cannot control there will be ups and downs there will be loss and gain there will be victory and uh, you know defeat but in all these circumstances one should be able to be equanimous one should not get overly excited by success or victory or gain or profit similarly one should not be overly depressed by loss and uh, you know insults and so on and so forth so and this applies to all kinds of opposites mana apmana janma marana growth decay summer winter i mean you can keep extending it one should be as much as possible samatva you should always face all circumstances equally equanimously so if you work with this attitude krishna is saving saying you will never have a spiritual fall materially i don't know ups and downs will happen based on your karmas past janmas previous janma karmas uh you will have to face them but if you will always face all situations equanimously spiritually you can never fall right that is the proper attitude to develop and spiritually you will never have a downfall you will only grow and you will learn from every experience so people who have this kind of attitude can never fail on the spiritual path they only learn from every experience and now krishna is going to expound further the logic behind what he has said so let's look at shloka number 39 now esha te bihita sankhe ud 
तिर्योगे मृणो बुद्धुक्त so here lord krishna is saying hitarto i have explained to you sankhya yoga so far i explained to you sankhya yoga or the analytical knowledge regarding the nature of the atman now partha o arjuna listen i am going to give you buddhi yoga the yoga of the intellect and when you work with such an understanding you will be freed from bondage of karma karma bandham right that's one word used in the shloka he said you can be freed from karma bandham so if you have this right attitude developed based on the sankhya yoga i have explained so far now you understood that now i'm going to give you buddhi yoga and once you develop based on these two lines you will be freed from the bondage of karma so this knowledge which i have given you so far deals with sankhyam that's why the name of this chapter sankhya yoga now i'm going to teach you which is about knowledge which will give you the freedom from bondage of karma so the word sankhya comes from the root san meaning complete and kya means to know so sankhya means complete analytical knowledge of something and that something is our atman so this shloka is actually a transit words krishna is saying i am i am finishing up on one topic i am going to start from another topic and here he points that hey arjuna until now i talked about jnana yoga jnana yoga is nothing but atma anatma viveka which is the main topic which was covered from 12 to 25 and this is the central theme of the previous portion which is self knowledge self discovery that is what is atmagyanam here krishna calls that atmagyanam as sankhyam so here sankhyam means atma in this shloka when krishna is referring to the sankhyam which he has given to arjuna he is referring to the atmagyanam the atma sankhya means truth which is also referred in or revealed in the upanishads the truth about the self so sankhya means atma and now he is bringing up a new topic of buddhi buddhi means knowledge so sankhya buddhi means atma gyanam so until now arjuna i have given you self knowledge now going forward i am to give you another knowledge i am going to deal with karma yoga here the transit is from karma yoga topic to uh, sorry gnana yoga topic to karma yoga topic right and you may wonder why is krishna introducing karma yoga now right because krishna previously told gnana yoga is the only route for liberation that is the only solution to, for a person to get freedom from sorrow it's the only remedy for sorrow without self knowledge without atma gyanam one cannot come out of grief So, if Jnana Yoga is the only source of liberation for moksha, then why is Krishna bringing another extra topic in the subject and make us read more and practice more, right? Why are you adding more chapters? So, is Karma Yoga another is an option that if I don't like Jnana Yoga, I can practice Karma Yoga? The answer is no. Krishna is very clear in communicating that Jnana Yoga alone will lead you to liberation. there is no option there is no alternatives at all so then the question becomes even stronger are you then why are you adding more topics why are you bringing karma yoga right the reason is that jnana yoga is the only means for liberation but everybody is not equipped qualified or fit to get that jnana yoga it requires certain preparation it is like writing entrance exams to get into iit or iim or you know harvard or any such thing so you have to prepare you have to write an exam that entrance exam you should score well and then you qualify you get admission right similarly gnana yoga cannot be achieved or you cannot get admission into gnana yoga university without preparation and krishna is presenting karma yoga as that stepping stone to 
prepare yourself to get qualification to enter jnana yoga so the teaching is very clear you have to perform or follow karma yoga which we will see now in the subsequent verses in the process you will prepare your mind you will have chitta shuddhi your mind will be stable strong and that will equip you to go after jnana yoga and once you get the jnanam the the knowledge you will be liberated so that is the road map everybody has to follow so he says jnana yoga is impossible to achieve without following karma yoga and he says karma yoga is incomplete if you don't follow it up with jnana yoga so it's like i prepared for entrance exams i passed but i am not taking admission it's a waste right so he says karma yoga is like your entrance exam karma yoga is incomplete without following up with jnana yoga so having received the qualification to get the jnana yoga you have to follow through similarly you cannot get admission into jnana yoga without going through karma yoga so karma yoga is very very important there is no way we can uh, escape from that so that is the reason krishna is bringing the new topic of karma yoga here and there is generally a misconception people say that you know in kali yuga it is very difficult to follow jnana uh, yoga so you know maybe uh, that's why there are so many i mean as per every season you you get to hear some new option but that is not true krishna is saying if jnana yoga is difficult you have to make it easy how will you make it easy by being a karma yogi first so make jnana yoga easy by following karma yoga it's like mathematics right somebody likes maths so much they can study only maths as a subject for them maths is like a halwa like a gulab jamun they can have it any time for another person you know they will run away at the name of maths itself they can't stand it they cannot even solve one problem they hate maths to the core so the problem is not with mathematics the problem is in the mind the problem is in the level of preparation that one has towards mathematics that's why one person loves it another person hates it so problem is not in the maths itself the problem is in the person in the mind that you have so krishna is going to teach us karma yoga by which we are going to love vedanta because we are on this journey to learn vedanta so that's the reason that krishna is now bringing this new topic and then he says what will happen when you practice karma yoga you will say he says you will get karma bandham prahasyasi which means it will destroy all the shackles which are born out of karma every action of ours is creating a shackle a chain a positive or a negative nandilas it's a chain which leads us to continuously be in this samsara life after life after life so we keep taking birth again and again and again to get rid of our karmas so being this path of karma yoga and jnana yoga you can completely eliminate break through the karma bandham right that is the whole advantage so krishna is also giving the carrot or the end goal or the objective of why one should do this once you have that liberation from karma yoga karma bandham right then you are free from all kinds of emotional problems anxiety fear depression worry all these some samsarik challenges we all face day in and day out we will not be under any of those control so liberation from all these aspects imagine where you will have no worries no fears no depression nothing to think about nothing will make you anxious such a wonderful peace or state of mind it will be right so liberation means enjoying a wonderful mind a mind which does not have the problem of all these samsarik life you can be in the samsara that does not mean you have to go to himalayas and become a sanyasi no you will very much be in the samsara you will lead a grihastha life but you will be free from all these samsarik uh, emotional shackles you will be ready for moksha which you can easily attain so this is the introduction to karma yoga now krishna will further give elaborate introduction into karma yoga going forward So let's look at shloka forty now. Neha Bikramano Shosti 
प्रत्यवायो न विद्यते स्वल्पमप्यस्य धर्मस्य त्रायते महतो भयात् सो कृष्णा इज टेलिंग वन हु वर्क्स इन दिस स्टेट ऑफ कॉन्शियसनेस देयर इज नो लॉस और एडवर्स रिजल्ट एंड इवन अ लिटिल एफर्ट saves one from great danger so what is he trying to tell here so the biggest danger we all face is that we have got this human birth this manushya janma after a lot of good deeds that we have performed the biggest danger is that we may not get again this human form in the next life and instead we may go into a lower species of life such as animals birds you know in the nether regions and so on so we cannot be complacent we cannot throw away this opportunity that has been given to us we can't go backwards right because the next birth will be determined by our karmas and the level of consciousness in this life there are 8.4 million species of life in existence and all these species are below human beings animals birds fishes insects you name it they do not have an evolved intellect as we humans have yet they also perform the basic things right like eating sleeping defending mating producing so they all do that whereas human beings have been given the additional faculty of knowledge what is the reason for giving us this additional faculty to use it for a higher purpose so that they can elevate themselves in this chain now if humans possessing this superior faculty also lead a life similar to what the animals and birds do like eating sleeping mating producing defending but maybe in a more glorified way it is an absolute waste of this human birth it's a misuse of the manushya janma it is like you have been given a huge lottery but you have thrown it away right so if someone makes eating as the primary pleasure of life you may get the body of a pig next uh, janma right so and so on and so forth that's a great uh, subject in itself so the veda state that you know in the in the kena upanishad it says oh human being the human birth is a rare opportunity if you do not use it to achieve your goal you will suffer great ruin again in kato uh, upanishad it says if you do not strive to achieve god in this life you will continue to rotate in the 8.4 million species of life for many many janmas however once we commence on the journey so congratulations all of you who are on this call today on a saturday evening once we commence on this journey of spiritual practice then even if we do not complete the journey in this janma god sees that we have the intention so he will grant us human birth again to enable us to continue further from where we left off another important message in the shloka is spiritual journey or the spiritual growth or the spiritual wealth is the only thing that you can carry from this janma to next janma whatever degrees you achieve whatever qualifications you have whatever property wealth money you know power position all that you have to leave behind when we leave this birth when we leave this earth right but the spiritual gain which we make continues from where we left off in the next janma and that is how he says we avert the great danger in the shloka he says a little effort also in the spiritual path will avert you the great danger because the lord will gives us the benefit of doubt oh this guy i think is having some interest in the spiritual path let us give him one more chance so krishna says that on this path every endeavor made has only good result there is no loss in this journey at all so in the spiritual path there is no question of getting a victory or a loss everything is victory only everything is a progress only 
because whatever we accumulate in our present life, we have to leave behind at the time of death. But whatever spiritual growth we have, we will continue that in the next Janma also. So Krishna is telling Arjuna the benefits and he is now instructing him about the science of working without any attachment. So in these verses, Krishna is glorifying Karma Yoga. He is trying to motivate Arjuna as to why he should live like this. Right? So he is giving the importance and the glories of Karma Yoga. Even though he has not clearly defined Karma Yoga, he is glorifying it. So he is kind of already creating interest in Arjuna. Right? So he is saying in short, Karma Yoga is that way of life in which we grow internally more and more. And we give importance to inner growth more than external accomplishment. And that is the basic philosophy of Gita. That the peace of mind does not depend on what you have. But peace of mind depends on what you are. So this is the basic philosophy of Gita we need to understand. Right? Our general misconception is I will be more happy, more secure, more peaceful if I have more. Right? But that is not necessarily true. So we run after accumulating more material wealth and find that we are still not completely happy. We are still not you know, secure, we are still feeling anxious, restless, depressed, right? So that's why Gita is clarifying that is the biggest misconception. Peace and security depends on the personality that you are, the samatvam that is required in all kinds of situations, the inner growth that you have enjoyed, the inner peace that you have, right? That's why if you see a lot of saints and sages, mahatmas, they don't have any material possessions. But they have maximum security. They don't know where their next meal is going to come. Right? But they are at maximum peace. There is no restlessness in them. Therefore, Karma Yoga is a lifestyle in which we focus more on the inner growth than on the external growth. Right? It is not meaning that you should not accumulate material wealth or you should not have property or anything, or anything of that sort. It is only meaning that the Focus is not that. That is not the goal. That is a byproduct. You will get it. You should get promoted. You should reach higher positions. You, you earn more. All that is fine. But that is not your only purpose of life. That is an okay activity to happen on the side. Your main focus purpose is to grow from an inner growth perspective. Right? So we are not suggesting at all to ignore external positions or not to respect money or, uh, you know, we respect all of that. We respect status, we respect positions, but all of them are respected. It's just that the importance is on the inner growth, not on external accomplishment. Definitely for a karma yogi, it is only on inner growth. And if a karma yogi has to choose between inner growth and external growth, he will always choose the inner growth. That is what such a lifestyle is called Karma Yoga. Right? So again, from a material world, we can have positive and negative result. But for a spiritual person, that is always a positive result. There is only growth in this direction. That's why he says, even if one, the, the shloka says, right? Svalpam apyasya dharmasya. Even if he practices to a very small extent, to that extent he will get proportional result. 0.1% effort taken, you will get equivalent result. Whereas in case of material uh, result or material pursuits, you will not get result till your entire action is completed. Right? For example, right, if you want to dig a well and if the water is at 300 feet, you dig up to 50 feet, you will not get proportionate water. You you will have to keep digging till you reach that water table which is 300 feet below the earth level or ground level only then you can get water right that is how the material world have works right you have to complete your action to get a result whereas on the spiritual path even if you utter the nama once with utmost sincerity with no uh, selfish motto attached with a pure focus on inner growth only 
that one nama will also have its effect that alone will be good enough for you so right so in a if you if you take the same nama hundreds of time thousands of time but for a material growth or a material wealth perspective you may not get the results so for example if somebody says you should do this part for you know thousand times you know in the morning wake up at 4 am sit in this posture and then give food to 10 brahmanas etc to get this result if you want that result then you have to do exactly as has been prescribed to you to do it even if you miss on any one aspect you will not get the result whereas that same part let's say we are talking vishnu sahasram namam here that same vishnu sahasram even if you do only partially but sincerely for inner growth perspective you will get result so again the motto or the motive becomes important here and that's why the focus on knowledge right so karma will produce the result only when it is completed and in this case and whereas in a karma yoga even little bit of effort will give you result that's why it's a swalpam apyasa dharmasya and not only that one who wants material result then will have to be very careful about how he is chanting whether he is pronouncing it correctly everything has to be perfect whereas for inner growth perspective when you have no selfish motives attached even if you are making mistakes because your intent your bhava is so pure it is for inner growth perspective god accepts it all such errors are forgiven so that is the key difference right between sakama karma and nishkama karma sakama karma is when you do something for material benefit nishkama karma is something where karma is done for inner growth so for nishkama karma even if you chant something wrong knowingly or unknowingly such errors of omission commission are completely forgiven are ignored and you will get proportionate result for what you are doing even if you do incomplete even if you do partially so that is what krishna is now and he is giving the glory of karma yoga or the benefits of a karma yogic lifestyle to arjuna to motivate him to take up that path let's look at shloka 41 now व्यवसायात्मिका बुद्धि एकेहकुरुनंदना बहुशाकाह्यनंताश्च बुद्धयो व्यवसायितनाम सो ही सेस ही इज इंट्रोड्यूसिंग अ न्यू आइटम हियर ही सेस ओ अर्जुना the intellect or oh, is bringing intellect into the picture he says the intellect of those who are on this path which path are we talking karma yoga path he says the intellect the buddhi of such people is very very resolute resolute means purposeful they are very determined they are not wavering at all and their aim end goal is very clear a single minded focus is there on their end goal and he also says about the other people the intellect of those who are irresolute irresolute means who are not decisive who are hesitant who are tentative nervous is many branched so those who are not convinced of the spiritual path he is also talking about how they will behave so let's understand what are we talking about right now we all saw that in case of arjuna the problem started with attachment the mind is what that gets attached but krishna is bringing here the concept of intellect buddhi right why is he doing that is there a role of intellect in eliminating attachment attachment is in the mind mind is triggering attachment but he says the intellect the buddhi of such people is very very focused determined and single minded unwavering etc so let's understand what is he trying to say here so we touched about the uh, the gross body subtle body in the previous sessions so within our body is the subtle antakarna right the sukshma sharira 
it consists of the mind the intellect and the ego now in the sukshma sharira the intellect is superior to the mind it makes the decisions while the mind creates the desires so the intellect you possess can dictate the mind and accordingly the mind behaves let's give an example if the intellect if the buddhi says that money is the source of happiness so what will the mind do mind will anchor for wealth it will keep looking for opportunities to make more wealth how can i make an extra buck here and there because that is what my buddhi is telling me whereas if the intellect decides that prestige is more important than money then the mind will crave for name fame reputation position right whether they have money or not in the process no problem they will work for that position because the mind keeps telling them prestige is more important so in other words the mind develops desires in accordance with the knowledge of the intellect so intellect becomes very very important let's take an example right we were all used to going to office and working before the covid pandemic struck us now during the work from home time we are sitting on our sofa you know leg up on the chair or the table we are you know sitting in our bermudas and a t-shirt and so on i mean we are very very casual informal while doing our work then in between the restrictions were lifted uh, lifted and you were asked to come to office do we behave the same way when we go to office our buddhi our intellect tells us that in the office environment there is a particular etiquette that requires to be followed you go in a in a in a well dressed way in a formal way you sit in an appropriate uh, posture and you behave in an appropriate posture and so on and so forth what is happening here it's the same person doing the same job using the same laptop or computer but it is the buddhi which tells you how you can behave at home versus how you can behave at office so it is just to drive home the point that the buddhi has the ability to control and dictate the desires in the mind right that is the key takeaway that you need to understand the buddhi has the ability the buddhi is superior the intellect is superior that it can control the mind so we must now now that we know the buddhi can control my mind what should my next goal be i should be able to cultivate an intellect or a buddhi with proper knowledge and use that to guide the mind in the proper direction very very straight forward and logical right no argument on that so buddhi yoga is the art of detaching the mind from the fruits of actions buddhi yoga is the art of detaching the mind so you are using your intellect the buddhi to detach the mind from the fruits of actions by developing a very firm decision of the intellect that all work is meant for the pleasure of god everything that i am doing is a seva to lord when the person has that kind of an intellect that single minded focus then you know their resolve becomes very strong and in their journey of sadhana they can never be shaken from their path even if there are millions of obstacles on the path even if the whole world stands against you such people will remain firm determined and unwavered they know exactly what they want whereas the people who are not on this path you know whose intellect or whose knowledge and here we are not talking about material knowledge you know talking about science or physics or anything we are talking about the spiritual knowledge right so those whose intellect is many branched those who don't have clear faith in our scriptures they may have a bit of knowledge here and there and that's why they will keep running from one post to the other post every day their mind will run in multiple different directions they are unable to develop that single minded focus on god to walk on this path 
So in 41st verse, Krishna has glorified Karma Yoga that such a person has a very clear picture about the goal of life. Their priorities are very clear. He knows what his immediate goals are, what his long-term goals are, and what his ultimate final goal is. And such things are gathered from the experiences in life and also from with the help of scriptures. So, the clear thinking is what the karma yogi enjoys. And that is what Krishna is trying to say that. Shankaracharya beautifully brings out, you know, in this shloka that saying that clear thinking, that ultimate goal is the inner freedom of life. Ultimate goal for a karma yogi is inner freedom. That's all, nothing else. Not to buy that next BMW or that, you know, six bedroom uh, apartment. No. The clarity of mind that my ultimate goal is to seek inner freedom. That is what a karma yogi enjoys. And all human beings directly or indirectly, knowingly or unknowingly are working for this inner freedom only. Right? The psychological freedom, the emotional freedom. And that will lead them to moksha. Because once you have got that freedom, you are ready for Atma Jnana. You will be able to. So that discovery is very, very important. It's like a small baby which clings on to the mother keeps trying to get up but falls down, catch a hold of mother or any support or something. The first time it realizes that it can walk, the first ever steps a baby take, that time it will keep walking. It will not require the mother's support or any other material support. That is exactly how our mind should be trained that once we know that you know, serving God or being on this path, you know, gives me the ability to not be dependent on anything external for my peace of mind, happiness, security and joy, then they should make that become their primary goal. So this discovery of inner strength is Atma Jnana, right? And such people behave very different. So the root is very clear. I have to go to Atma Jnana, Let's say that is a station called Atma Jnanam station. Then in order to reach there, I need to acquire Jnanam. In order to acquire Jnana, I have to first go to a station called Karma Yoga and become qualified to be on this path. So that is how the path works very clear, right? So he is very clear in this life that I have to lead a religious life. I am talking about a Karma Yogi now, right? An active life very religious, very ethical and that life is called Karma Yoga life. And through this Karma Yoga life, I will get the Yogyata or qualification to get the Atma Jnanam and from there, I can get the Jnana and then I can become liberated or get Moksha. So that is the root path. That is how you have to go. And this clarity Krishna calls as Vyavasaya, Vyavasaya Atmika Buddhi in the Shloka. Very clear about what he wants. Whereas in the case of all other people who are not karma yogis, the problem is they may be religious, but they are not sure what they want. Therefore, somebody may say, do this, you will get this benefit, they'll go and do that. Then somebody will say, you do this sadhana, you will get this, for one week you do, you will get that, they will go and do that. Then somebody will say, there is a yogi there, there is an astrologer there, there is this there, you go there, you do that. Somebody, some uh, Mahatma is giving us a lecture that we will go after everything that is there. If anybody tells anything, we go and practice that for one week and then we feel disinterested, we come back. So people, such people will go round and round and round without reaching anywhere. They are completely confused. Therefore, Krishna is criticizing such people in this shloka. He says, Vahushaka Ayan Antascha Uddayo so these confused, confounded people have got so many ideas regarding religion and spirituality. Many of them are wrong ideas. Many of them are incomplete ideas and therefore Bahushakas, multi-branched and Anantascha, infinite. Because, let's say, how much is 2 plus 2? The answer is only 4. Correct answer is only 4. How many wrong answers are there? Infinite wrong answers are there. It's like that. 
the path to liberation is only one that is only one correct answer how many wrong answers are there infinite so people who are not resolute in this path they will be completely confused running in different directions again and again let's do a very quick uh, three shlokas together 42 43 and 44 ಜಗತಿ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ like you know which advocate ostentatious rituals for elevation to the celestial abodes and they presume that there is nothing else to achieve beyond that they stop with that and they talk highly about those portions of the vedas which please their senses and help perform pompous ritualistic ceremonies for attaining higher birth opulence sensual enjoyment and so on right shloka 44 says with their minds deeply attached to only worldly pleasures and their intellect buddhi is confused by such things they are unable to possess the required firmness to walk on the path of getting success to get god that determination is missing now if you look at vedas they are divided into three sections there is a karma kanda which focuses on the ritualistic ceremonies there is a jnana kanda which is the knowledge section and there is a upasana kanda which is the devotional section so the karma kanda section talks very prescriptively about how ritual should be performed and you know what material reward you get you know you have seen even in our uh, puranas you know there are putra kameshti yoga ashwamedha yaga and this and that there are so many different rituals prescribed for different kind of benefits that you may want to seek so those who seek sensual sensual pleasure glorify this section of the vedas they will claim they are also very vedic they are also following the vedas but their focus is very selfish focused on those aspects only now even if you look at the celestial abodes they are also material in nature it gives you everything more sophisticated material luxuries you know more facilities for sensual enjoyment and so on but elevation to heavenly abode does not imply a spiritual evolution you reaching the heavenly abode is purely a result of your karmas but once your karmas positive karmas are exhausted you will be kicked out of heaven you will be back to planet earth you will never get that permanent liberation right so they are these celestial planes are also within the material universe only so you have to come back once your time is up so krishna in these verses is strongly criticizing those people who are confused people who do not have clarity regarding what is their ultimate goal they are the non karma yogis or karmis let's call them right because they are not focused on their clear ultimate goal so we have to remember one point right if we do sattvika karmas that is only going to produce the inner growth rajasika karmas will contribute to inner growth in a very limited way and tapasika karma actually pulls you down so we have to be very careful about what kind of lifestyle we are leading and all these three three things coexist it's not as if you are only uh, you can be only in one they all coexist the second most important information is that the real peace and happiness purely depends on inner growth not on external growth right external growth is important material accomplishments will give some joy peace comfort nobody says no but primary contribution permanent contribution to peace joy happiness 
comes only from inner joy, inner growth alone. Right? So, very, very important. So, if you have inner growth, even if you don't have external gadgets, you can be happy. Whereas, if you don't have inner growth, however much material comforts and, you know, gadgets you have, you will still be looking for that missing piece. What is it that will give you that satisfaction and happiness? So, when the inner growth is stunted, external things cannot give peace and joy. Whereas, when the inner growth is there, external things are there or not, a person can enjoy peace and happiness. This is the key information that has to be kept in mind when we are on this path of Karma Yoga. The first is criticism of selfish people. They are selfish come materialistic people who focused on a specific portion of the Vedas. Avipaschitaha, they are unintelligent people, Krishna calls them. They are indiscriminate people because they are not able to discriminate what is the ultimate end goal. So they are so stuck at getting material wealth only. They are avivekaha. That's the word used in the shloka. As they say, money can buy bed but not sleep. Money can buy food but money cannot buy hunger. Money can buy people but cannot buy love. So on and so forth. So, but there are many things that money can buy but there are some things which money cannot buy. Right? If I do not understand that, then I am a aviveki. These people think Getting material wealth is the only purpose of life. That is the only goal for which I am born. The human birth is not for that purpose. It is for spiritual evolution. So, people who are so attached to self-gratification and luxury, they are focused only in certain aspects of practicing their life. They engage their intellect, which is the buddhi, in enhancing income, which will in turn get more material comfort and so on and so forth. So they are confused in this manner and they are not able to have that required firmness, determination in traversing the path of God realization. Again, Krishna is not criticizing the material life. He is not against pleasures. All he is telling us to remember is that Veda itself is talking about pleasures, material pleasures. If this was wrong, if it was a sin to accumulate wealth and material pleasure, there would not have been so many rituals dedicated in our Vedas, in our scriptures to get them. So the problem is not that. The problem which is being criticized here is giving predominance, giving undue importance to sense pleasure at the cost of inner growth and spiritual growth. That is what is wrong. So that is what Krishna is against. So, Hari Om, Jaisi Krishna will stop here for today. Uh, we have a few more minutes uh, remaining for any questions.